I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Forward Farming. Uh, It's Becca again today. You'll hear from Amber in a little bit, um, but she is she is surviving, maybe not thriving. Um, poor thing has the flu, and I don't want to say she sounds like a man when she talks, but she's she's surviving. She's 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 hanging in there. So I told her I would just record a quick intro for this week. She did a great job with um, our interview today. We are going to be talking to a young feller named Connor. I would say his last name. I want to say it's Dominsky or like Domin. I'm. I just know that I'm messing it up, and I was not there to hear it. So, um, a young lad named Connor, um, and so he's going to share his story. She did a great interview with him, and so we'll we'll get that rolling for you in a little bit. But I just wanted to say hi, happy spring. It is officially well. This is Monday that I'm recording, so for tomorrow it'll be the second day of spring. I think today is the first official day of spring. Uh, And honestly, in Wisconsin, the next three days for us are going to be in the 50s. So it actually does kind of feel like spring, which is nice. Um, I, I hope everyone is having a great start to their week. We had a very busy weekend. We're still working on our chicken coop. And it's pretty much done. Joey just has to put in a couple more windows and then we have to tin the side of it. We were going to do plywood and then he's like, and then you'll have to paint it. And I was like, you know, tin would be very nice. (laughs) I think it'll be a lot easier to clean too if it's tin, like we can just power wash it. Um, So I'm excited to get the chickens out of our barn because just the way that it is right now, it's, it's a pain in the booty. And once the chickens are out and in their own coop, We'll be able to free up a lot of space in the barn and move around like some of our beef freezers and stuff. And it's just, it's going to be really nice. So I'm excited for that. Um, what else have we been doing? I, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe not much else. I've been, oh, okay. So if you're on my email list, if you're not, you should go sign up for it. You can just go to like beccahilby.com and you'll see the sign up. Um, but I announced last week what I've been working on and it's candles, beef tallow and beeswax candles, which is, I didn't know it was a thing until I, until I saw it. So that's super cool. I have been playing around with it for a little over a month. I think I, I originally, I wanted to do something with tallow, but I just, I wasn't sure what. And so my first thing that I saw was beef tallow lotion and like whipped lotion specifically. And I was like, oh, well, like this could be really cool. And I've made it. I It took a long time for me to like do it correctly, I think. And it's nice, but I don't know. I just, I don't love it. I don't love the process of making it. And then I just, I don't know. I am weirded out by selling it. I think just because it's like people are going to be putting it on their skin. <laughs> so like for me to use, it's cool but I just I don't know I don't want that liability I guess if it something goes wrong um so anyways I and I just started to like not like making it so I was like okay well there goes that and then one day I just candles came to mind and so I'm like looking it up there's not much on it of like how to make them and stuff but I found a few um 
homesteaders that had been making them. One, I actually noticed it. Um, someone had made them as like emergency candles. So just like small candles, but in the case of an emergency, they would have them on hand. And like, it's obviously easy to make because you've got your beef tallow. So um, yeah, so that's how it kind of started. And then I just did a lot of research and did a lot of trial and error with like getting the right ratios and stuff. Um, so now I added the beeswax to it just to give it a little bit more longevity uh, with the burn times and a little bit more, I don't want to say strength, I don't know if that's the right word, but just a little more candle, I don't know. <laughs> um, ooh, that was loud. So yeah, so I'm really excited. I've been trying out like different scents and stuff and I, if you've never made candles before, I was pretty naive, like thinking you just put your wax in a container and throw a wick in there, throw some scent in it and like call it good. But it is, it is insane. Like every different vessel, like every container that you use can require a different wick, like depending on how big it is and what wax you're using. And like, there's so much that goes into it. And then you have to figure out like the percentage of fragrance that like is best for the type of wax you're using and all this stuff it's a lot and it's been a lot of experimenting just because there's not that many people out there making tallow candles so anyways yeah that was a lot longer than I wanted it to be but surprise I'm making candles and it's very exciting so I hope I just ordered like bulk um fragrance because I've kind of been just sampling them out to see what I like and so I'm hoping to have three or four different like main fragrance fragrances and then with the seasons I, I don't know if I want to do like a monthly one or every couple months do like a signature scent or something like that I, there's a lot to, to think about but I'm really excited to sell them at the farmers markets it's, it's nice and really awesome to be able to use more of the beef we always talk about the beef byproducts and like all the amazing things that they can do and this is just another one of those things and I'm thankful that I can make it ourselves like with our beef tallow so very cool I do hope to ship them um I'm actually gonna put a candle out in the mail today and see how it does <laughs> when it gets to its destination if it's like totally broken into a million pieces then I'll have to rethink how I packaged it but um yeah I'm I'm very excited to see where this goes and I'm excited to share with you guys so I'm sure we'll keep talking about it uh, maybe in the next couple weeks I'll be able to start selling online and you guys can get one. Um, okay, so without too much uh, more talking by Becca, I think we'll jump into this week's episode. Like I said, it is with Connor. He is a college student and he loves to share about farming. And I've always said, like I say this all the time, that everyone needs to share their story. Everyone's got a story to share and a story to tell. And if we're not the ones telling it, someone else is going to, and it's not gonna be how you want it to be told. So. Props to Connor for doing this, um, and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you. Hey guys, we have a very special guest joining us tonight. Not too often do we have a male in the hot seat. So Connor, you better be ready to answer some, <laughs> some questions tonight because um, I got some ready for you. So tonight we are joined by Connor Dominoski. Uh, he reached out to me on Instagram, said he was uh, just binging our show like crazy and wanted to know if uh, we'd be interested in having a college student on. And absolutely, because I did not go to school for agriculture. So I have a lot of questions. 
So Connor, welcome to Forward Farming. Thank you so much, Amber. Um, too bad Becca can't be here with us and whatnot tonight. Uh, tell her she'll listen to this. Becca, I say hi, I'm a big fan. Um, but as Amber has introduced me, I'm Connor Domanoski. I am from Waterville, Minnesota uh, area. We, I grew up on a family farm out there, uh, about a thousand acres. So we have a small head of cattle, kind of always, eggs always been in my life. I grew up with 4-H and FFA. Um, was always competing in both of those, learned a lot of key quality stuff in that stuff. And uh, I, then I decided to go out to SDSU uh, in Brookings, South Dakota to continue my education for egg science with minors in egg business, egg marketing, and animal science. So, okay, I know Becca is going to want to know what kind of cows do you have? We have, uh, we have uh, Angus. Okay. Is that pretty common around like your around your neck of the woods? Like, is yeah, are we, you are you like mostly a big beef area instead of dairy? Yes, there's a big beef area, but in my county alone, I think there's four to five dairy operations, which is kind of big for our area. You don't really see that. Um, actually, in my county that I live in, we actually have a big dairy manufacturing plant that makes a bunch of cheese. So. And how long has your family had your farm? Are you multi-generational? Yes, I will be the sixth generation, I do believe, on our family farm, which is something I hope to continue to through like my legacy, um, both while getting to know more other parts about the egg industry uh, and continuing the family farm. Do you, did you have any siblings growing up or was it just you? Um, yes, yeah, so I grew up with my sister. She is five years younger than me. She's actually a junior in high school right now. And we actually, it's kind of funny. We uh, have, I have an adopted sister kind of at the moment too. We have a foreign exchange student from Italy. So she's getting to explore all these, uh, all this farm and agricultural life too, which has been kind of interesting to see her perspective on it for like from here versus in Italy. Um, Cause they have over in Italy, it's like 10 hectares or something like that, give or take. And then they, they farm, her dad farms a little bit of their own olives to make their own olive oil so it's oh. kind of a cool little thing to kind of get to get to know their side of things and she's gotten to know a bunch of like the crop side like the conventional crop side with corn and soybeans and even with our animals since our animals that we have so we have uh angus and we also have some pigs um but we just raised a finish type of thing so we have like 10 head of cattle and we also have uh 10 to 30 pigs depending on the time of year and we all we do uh homes uh home butchering and stuff like that kind of have that um life that free range lifestyle being able to live off the land yeah so did was it planned that she was a farm kid when when this exchange happened or was it just kind no. of like luck of the draw no it was just kind of luck of the draw and she's like they don't have much like she's not too involved with the egg stuff out there but like besides like the olive oil stuff and it's very small, but she just, she still understood a little bit of like how we did stuff, but it kind of, it just worked out in the long run. What does she think of our cheese? She likes our cheese. <laughs> we've had, we've experienced a bunch. So they actually came out to SDSU. We, I'm in Farmhouse Fraternity and we had a mom's weekend and she came out to just kind of get the experience and we have a dairy plant on campus. So we actually make our own cheese and ice cream and dairy products like that. So we actually, she actually got to try the cheese that's at my school and she actually really loved it. So that's funny. I love it. So she, did she bring you guys olive oil? 
she did. Her parents sent us uh, fresh olive oil and then uh, like a fresh thing of Parmesan cheese. Ooh, you should keep her around. <laughs> That's a good connection to have. It is. Um, <laughs> so growing up, did you know that you always wanted to kind of take things over for your folks or um, was it kind of later in life where you kind of had that realization? It was kind of later in life. Like I didn't know uh, particularly how important the egg industry was until I got into like high school and did more of like that the face side of things. And then even when I was deciding to go to college, cause I'm a first generation college student, I was like, you know, like, this is where I, this is where I was born. Like, this is my roots. This is all a lot I know. Like I want to continue that passion. Um, so I didn't know until like later, pretty much like towards the end of high school that I wanted to go into egg and then kind of in college is when I decided after doing a few internships and stuff like that, that I eventually want to go back to the family farm and help out the operation there and kind of grow a brand um, and raise awareness to the agricultural industry because we are um, one of the uh, major jobs that's 1% in decreasing. So it's important, I think, in my mind to be able to promote the egg industry, promote what farmers do, maybe get some other farmer or other people interested in the egg industry. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally understand that. Um, how, how did you decide on South Dakota, South Dakota state? Um, Sorry. Oh, you're good. I, I don't know. There was, it was really between a lot of people in my area. If they go for egg, they go to here or they go to river falls in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Um, I checked out river falls. Not that I wasn't a fan of Wisconsin. I love <laughs> Wisconsin. I'm there all the time for, uh, at the wineries and for the cheese and whatnot, but Wisconsin at River Falls was just a little too tiny for me. And then, uh, so I checked out SDSU and it felt like home right away. I knew a lot of people that went here too, that were close up to fan 4-H friends. So I just had like a lot of connections right away. And then, um, I continued my connections through my other activities, uh, my other groups and whatnot going through college. So, um, so, so kind of like I said before, I didn't go to school for, for anything ag related. How do you feel, um, you're, you're going for a four-year degree, obviously. So mm -hmm. how, how do you feel like that's preparing you for back home? Like, are there things that you're learning that you're kind of relaying back to, um, I'm assuming your, your dad back home, are there things that you're learning at school that you're kind of teaching him or is he kind of like, oh, that's, that's phony baloney. I know what I'm doing already. I don't need your help. Like that, that generation gap is kind of tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's definitely a bunch that like, I'll, I'll learn something, um, about like, we have a small pasture or uh, small grazing stuff. So just kind of different grazing systems. I've told them a little bit more about that and just like what I've learned. And then, um, some crop things, but just like overall management and marketing of our product. Uh, he's just like, Oh no, like it's fine. Like I know what I'm doing type of thing. But to like what I've been through, like learning through school, it's important to always bring back something, what you've learned from school. So you can continue your like family's legacy on the family farm and whatnot. So that's why uh, it's been really important. Like a bunch of my classes, we do a bunch of collaborations. So I'm just an egg science student. So like I'm just general egg doing a bunch of general, like the general class here and there. And then I can pick what my, or like which classes I want to do. So that's why I decided to do more of the egg business marketing. But I've also dabbled in just like with being in farmhouse fraternity, I have a bunch of different majors in the house that we can collaborate on assignments or we can collaborate on homework or uh, projects and whatnot, which has been really one thing that college has taught me a lot about is that you're not just alone in all this. Like we built a new building on campus. So the plant science professors and the precision egg uh, professors, be every other 
um, for their offices so they can collaborate on all their projects. So like collaboration is big on, on being able to collaborate with uh, your professors going back to afterwards, or even just like with all your classmates, because you're all from different backgrounds and from all different parts of the state. Like I have friends all the way from Colorado to Ohio that I know I could call them up with question anytime um, when I'm back home on the farm, if I need something and be like, hey, like how do I check this for the soil moisture or something to soil or how do I do, what should I do with this animal if it's being like this or stuff like that. Has there been anything in particular, um, especially on the marketing side of things that you weren't um, really aware of going in to school? Like, are there some topics or issues that you're kind of um, more aware of and might be more sensitive to going into um, next year, I guess, because you're a senior, right? So um, going into the workforce, I guess, full time, is there Mm. um, an issue that you've learned about um, that you kind of really want to focus on? Um, a lot of like the market stuff that I've uh, got to learn through being here out at here at school, there world politics is something that you have to look at because even if you don't think it's a driver, like the whole war in Ukraine or a lot of the stuff down in South America with them ramping up production because we can't get enough, um, it messes all of our markets up up here. Uh, so it's you definitely have to watch out like your world markets because if you don't, it could really kind of get you in the long run. Um, and it's just like how like vast everything is too. Like, I didn't know, like I didn't before the last two years, the second half of my college career, I didn't understand a lot of the market stuff. And then I started taking more of the egg marketing classes and even just being able to like market my like own product. Um, I didn't know how much went into it until we got to hear a couple from, or some stuff from speakers. Uh, we got to hear a bunch from our like personal selling director. He brought in a bunch of a different uh, speakers, not just, oh, excuse me, not just like egg related, but he also brought in a lot just like on the banking side of things and like how that all plays out with farming. Um, it's been a very interesting thing with all the markets lately. So do you, does your family um, privately sell your beef or do you have a dis- distributor or how, um, is there anything that you, like if you were running the show today at home, what would your steps be into selling your beef I guess is that a fair question yes so I've actually um I've been thinking about this lately so we do a lot of like at-home slaughters we have uh we had a tornado go through our farm uh, in 2006 so after that we've rebuilt it and we've rebuilt it even better to like have a built-in cooler and all that for being able to do cattle on our own um I wouldn't per se, I want to get that like per like USDA expected because I like just being able to do our like family stuff with it because home slaughter, you can, um, one way to be able to market it is kind of like how Becca does hers. I've actually, uh, with you guys and a couple other podcasts, I've noticed that kind of a bigger trend going through one of the USDA expected plants through our area and be able to sell like certain cuts. Cause not everyone wants a whole cow or a quarter of a cow. I know a bunch of my friends from out here that live within a couple hour drive with me would drive two hours to meet me somewhere to get a couple steaks from me because they know where it's from versus from a grocery store or whatnot. So that's one thing I want to do to incorporate in our family's business is being able to sell a lot of stuff like whole, like um, wholesale cuts or not wholesale cuts up. Yeah. Personal cuts and whatnot like that. Um, and like how we kind of do it now is we raise the beef and then we'll find our, like a family friend or whatnot will come in, uh, buy, let's say a quarter, then we find another person for the other three fourths or half or how many you want it. We sell basically a whole cow 
and then we'll get it into our local butcher shop. And then from there, uh, they pay for the processing fee and then they pay us for the beef. So then they can tell the butcher what they want for cuts and that's how they get theirs. I mean, that's all just like so foreign to me, but I mean, like it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. So, okay. Um, have you, have you felt the pressure to grow your farm larger with um, more people wanting to buy a little bit more local and, and know their farmers? Have you felt pressure to kind of expand your farm or is that something that you're kind of just set in stone and you're content with where you're at now? Uh, I feel a little bit of pressure being back in the area. Um, if I were to, I want, I want, I would want to market it a little bit more. So we do have a little bit more of that pressure that people always want like that beef. Cause like in our area, a lot of us grow our own cattle and like do the same thing. Um, so it's not really a pressure thing or whatnot. And I'm really comfortable where we're all at, but it would be always nice to grow, be able to grow the legacy a little bit on that side of things since our crops are doing well. Um, it'd be nice to kind of grow on the animal side of things. Cool. Um, okay. So you, you mentioned that you were in, um, a fraternity. I didn't know that was a thing. Do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Yes. Uh, so I'm in farmhouse fraternity at SDSU, which is kind of a wild thing. I joined my right away as I um, came to college in 2019. Didn't personally think I would ever join one, but I got to know a bunch of the guys here after a few of the recruitment events and you know, the kind of the rest was history. We have like a why and I'm probably one of the oddest people to go to college for this reason why, but I didn't want to come, like I wanted to come to like better myself and stuff like that. But a lot of people will say they wanted to come for the like bigger, like they wanted to come so they can get a better job for better pay and stuff like that. I truly just wanted to come to like, get to know more people, make more connections and have an experience. Um, so like that was part of being farmhouse week. Our, so farmhouse isn't all just egg. There is so much more about it. Like about half of our house is egg related. The other half are a good quarter of us are engineering. And then a bunch of us, like there's a sports and rec management major. Um, goodness gracious, some, a bio or a biomedical, or I think it's biomedical. I don't know what his major is exactly, but uh, biochemical or something like that, bio something. But like, it's such a nice range of options to be able to learn and grow from all these people because if, even if I have a question on like, let's say a sports thing in the future, I know I can call up one of my buddies and be like, hey, like what's this going on right now? Or like, it's always, it's nice to be able to have the connections and have the memories with all these, uh, this group of brothers that I know I'm proud to, that I have and whatnot. Um, so it's been, it's been a really cool experience and I've been able to do a lot of cool things through Farmhouse. I actually get to go to down to Nash or Nashville, Tennessee for a conference that is uh, selected by, I think there's like, there's a bunch of people that can apply for it, but they only select 12 and I was number seven on the list. Cool. So I'll be going to that. I get to meet up with a bunch of the top uh, egg leaders um, within companies and even within the government system. So it should be a pretty fun experience, but like I, I wouldn't be where I am today without Farmhouse being joining Farmhouse and being able to make those connections and just have a good time and be able to build myself from there. Cool. Well, congratulations. Is that Thank a you. is that a nationwide organization? Yeah, we're actually uh, worldwide. We have one chapter up in Canada, so we can say that. <laughs> but there is around, I think, 34 or 35 chapters. Um, there's a bunch up in this area, but there's a ton down south. Cool. Cool. I'm I'm used to like normal fraternities. So having like this kind of thing is is pretty cool to hear about. Um 
so you grew up um, in in FFA and 4-H. Again, I I didn't do any of that. So how did that? Um, I I don't really know a lot about 4-H. So what were you involved in when when you were younger? I was involved in like anything you can put your mind to in 4-H. I did general projects and I did animals. Um, and how I just kind of deciphered the two between 4-H and FFA is, in my opinion, FFA is more on like being able to connect with people and work with uh, others in different contests, be able to do well on your team. Um, and in 4-H, I feel like it's a little bit more about responsibility because like, especially on the animal side of things, like you are growing or you are raising an animal to the best of your ability and be able to provide its nutritional and show it off, like show off all of the values that you put into it over the summer, uh, your time, your nutritional value, um, and your work ethic too. So it really puts in a lot of responsibility on your behalf being able to raise that animal. So that's where I gained a lot of my responsibilities through is through 4-H being able to do that. And even like the indoor projects, you have to put your mind and effort to do what you want. Yeah, you have a category, but you can do anything under that category to a point. So you're doing a bunch of research and you're putting together a board, you're talking to judges and it's great people skills too, because I, that's where I learned. Uh, I was a I was president of our overall county association. I was president of our uh, chapter for a couple of years. I was also the treasurer. And then even in FFA, I was the president for two years because we were kind of rebuilding at that point in time, getting a new ag advisor. Um, but that's where I learned like a lot of my people skills is being up in those offices, being wanting to grow those chapters and uh, facil- or the, our facilities too in either one of those. So you have to be able to talk to per se older people that when you're 16 it's a little intimidating but I kind of got through that and was able to talk to like the older guys and kind of tell them like this is what we're thinking um being able to share all the younger kids kind of want out of it and be able to work with them yeah I've heard nothing but really great things about FFA and um and the 4-H program so I'm really glad that you had that experience and and could kind of shape you into the person that you are today so Come spring, you're going to be graduating. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you just happy to be done at this point? A little bit of everything. I am super nervous to see what comes afterwards. I've applied to a bunch of different stuff, but are a few months ago, but it was too early. So I'm kind of just rethinking of what I want to do and to see to see where I want to go in the future. Um, right now I can go back to the family farm for a little bit, but I do want some more off farm experience for a year or two. And then, so I can come back and help, uh, the farm potentially full-time. I know part-time for sure, but uh, a little bit of everything. I I don't know what exactly what I want to do yet. And I graduate in like three months. (laughs) That's fine though. I think, um, I think some of the best life lessons I learned came from that period in in time, I didn't go back to my family farm right after I graduated. I went out and did my own thing and I experienced different bosses that weren't my relatives. And I think that really helped me kind of really understand what it's like to have an actual boss to kind of separate like work from, Mm -hmm. from home. So then when you do go back and then you're working like with your dad or your mom, like if they tell you what to do, or like if there's a heat of the moment situation you get yelled at like you can kind of separate the fact that that's not just your dad yelling at you or that's not just your dad or your mom yeah. that's that's just your boss in a frustrated situation so I'm glad I'm glad that you're kind of taking time uh to, to go out and do that because I think honestly that will help everybody once you mm-hmm. do decide to come back home so cool I'm excited to hear more about that when you 
when some, when a new opportunity comes up for you. So, um, can, can you, do you want to talk about like what, uh, what you're kind of looking for right now in, in a job? I don't know. Ideally, I would like to do something within the egg business, a marketing world, just because like, uh, I was, uh, our fraternity's, uh, social media chair and being able to like promote that product, being able to go talk to con- the consumers and be able to like sell a product is very important to me because that's a, like what a lot of today is, um, to be able to provide the best product that you can, um, especially for all the companies that we have out there. But another thing I'd kind of want to do, and I don't know how this is going to take place yet. Um, I know I've always kind of want to start my own podcast in the future because like, I've always thought there's so much to egg than what meets the eye. Like you go all the way down to Texas or just down South in general, they have cotton farms. They have, um, I know like Florida has uh, fruit production stuff like that. And if you go all the way to the West coast, they grow a lot of the berries, um, stuff like that. So like, I got, I want to be able to go talk to all consumers eventually or all producers and be able to hear their story and like how they're, how they provide for it. Because I think that's a very important thing too, is for everyone to kind of help everyone get their word out. So ideally I'd like to be just like uh, helping promote every, like a lot of people. Um, I don't know if that's me trying to figure out my own job at that point and help other consumers like promote their product or being able to work with like in the bit, like in the egg lending side of things and doing that on the side. But more of the egg business side, um, and then kind of work my way through that. So, yeah, I think um, the egg industry is so funny because every farmer, if you go up and you you talk to them about their industry, they they will talk your ear off, and you know, advice versa. Like I could talk your ear off about cranberries, and you can talk mine off mm-hmm. about about beef, but like you don't really see beyond your nose in what industry you're in. And so like, mm-hmm. you know, even though I'm in Wisconsin, I knew nothing about the dairy industry. Like I learned everything from Becca basically. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have, we have cows like 20 miles away and like, I knew nothing about it. So you're just so focused on what you know that you don't realize what else is out there. So I think that'd be a really cool opportunity mm-hmm. for you if uh, you could do that and, and travel and see everything. Um, well, and a, and a lot of it, like, a lot of this too, of like being able to like talk about the different industries has really been like after listening to you guys and a few other, my podcasts and whatnot, like it just kind of opened my uh, interest of like, there's so much more I didn't know. Like I didn't know there was any cranberry stuff until you, I found you guys in Wisconsin. Um, I actually worked with a company out of Minnesota, Seneca Foods. And then they also have a place out or they also have uh, locations out near like Hancock, Wisconsin and a bunch of other uh, uh places and so I got to go up there a bunch this summer and I think along the route if you know what kind of Hancock is I or Coloma I um saw like one small cranberry barge and I was like blown away we stopped <laughs> I had to like look at it for a little bit and we we're there they must have been harvesting or something but I was like watching them for a while I'm like this is kind of cool like you don't see that and they also have potatoes like you guys have potatoes in Wisconsin and just like different varieties that you don't like I don't get to see around my um, time area or my area, my, um, where I live back in Minnesota. So it was just really interesting to kind of see. So like, that's where a lot of that sparked my interest of being able to get to know more of the egg industry, uh, in all aspects, especially producing side. Cause like I said, or like we've all said before, like there's not a lot of people that don't understand like where your products come from, or it's kind of nice to be able to explain how they, how they're produced and how they're, um, sent into the buyer and being able to be processed into those products. 
Yeah. And I think now, especially is the perfect time to do that because so many people are actually paying attention to their food right now. Um, Mm. and, and they want to know what they're eating, what they're consuming, what they're giving to their families, what they're spending their paychecks on. So the more people that we can have to voice that to the consumer kind of build that bridge, that gap. Um, I think I'm, I'm all for that. So if, if you need help with anything in the future, let us know, we'll, we'll plug you, um, and, (laughs) (laughs) and we'll do what we can to get the word out. But, um, is there anything else about the college life that you feel like is important, maybe for kids that are still in high school, maybe what was your kind of deciding factor to go to a four-year university versus um, a technical college or kind of get get out of your home state, uh, kind of branch out a little bit? Is there anything that was like big deciding factors for you um, or any pros and cons, I guess? Yeah, a lot of the pros that I wanted, uh, for one thing, I wanted to get away from, like there's a bunch of two years back home, but I wanted to kind of get away from that just because like they are so close to home and a lot of my classmates went to them. Not saying I didn't like my classmates, but kind of a nice like get away from home, um, kind of experience some new stuff about egg. And I thought South Dakota State would be kind of like the perfect midway because it's three hours away. It still kind of sucks to do drive home. I've done it where I've driven home for an hour, then drove back the same day um, to go do something. But otherwise, like it's a decent middle point away. And the reason that I picked like the four years, just kind of more of that college experience. But yeah, you were going to put a little bit more money into it, but you got to just think of it as like, you're investing yourself for the future. Cause like, honestly, if I went to a two year and I was done early, like I probably still wouldn't know what I was going to do. Probably just be back home trying to figure out something. Um, probably not be as motivated as I am today, especially with what I've learned in my animal science classes for our beef production, for our personal family beef production here in the future, or just being able to help out just or what I've learned with the general knowledge about like plant science and all this and that, and um, all the connections too. I feel like you'd make a lot more connections depending on the school you go to, of course, but how I've seen our areas, like I've, we, like you make a lot more connections out of four year because you're in so many different classes with so many people. And there's always so much collaboration with group homework assignments and um stuff like that so that collaboration is always big for me too that's another reason why i picked a four-year um honestly wouldn't trade it for the world glad i came out here had i've had a lot of great experiences well good luck i know you only have a couple months left it's crunch time it is payoff time so good luck before i let you go though i'm gonna do some rapid fire questions go for it what is your favorite cut of beef? Ooh, I'm good. It's a little spendy, but you know, super good. It's worth it. Good answer. It is. <laughs> do you, do you go to quick trips? I do actually. Okay. Brown cap or green cap? I knew you were going to ask this. Um, I'm a green cap kind of person. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was hoping based off of your shirt color today that you're going to be a green capper. I was. I, I I prepared for this. Last time I Thank went you. home, I bought both. And <laughs> they both taste pretty good. But you know, the green cap, you can you can just there's a little bit more flavor to it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that on repeat for this entire episode. You, just so back up. You'll can be hear excited it. to hear it too. Uh, eventually I think within the next few years they're gonna be putting more out in South Dakota because at the moment there's I don't think any in South Dakota and they have plans for I think Sioux Falls, Brookings, and Watertown. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's going to be good. I think they're just going to take over the world in the next 10 oh, years. So just, just be ready for that. Um, okay. 
if I'm going to, I'm trying to think of like the hardest interview questions I have to get you ready for like your interview stage of life. Um, if you, I feel like this is very basic. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, probably be able to fly. Reason being is I'm always kind of a busy person. And if I didn't have to like just jump in a vehicle and use gas, if I could just be like up, up and away and fly away, fly to my destination pretty quick. Um, I feel like that'd just be beneficial and I could increase my efficiency with being able to meet up or meet up with, uh, people to get to know their, what they, what they do or my job and whatnot in the future. That's a very sustainable answer. If you could live in a TV show past present, which TV show world would you like to live in? So I'm really into like the like crime scene type of thing. So I'd have to go between two, um, Bones. I don't know if you've ever seen Bones. That's yep. my, I've rewatched that one a few different times now or um, NCIS. For some reason, I think it would just be cool to be like an FBI or NCIS agent, um, especially if you're one of the main characters because you don't, you don't die, of course. But right. uh, just kind of be, it would just be kind of be fun to like, get to like have all like the mystery and like try, you'd have to try to figure it out. Um, it's like who killed who or what happened to this situation. So Okay. If you're, if you're a crime guy, what, uh, do you have a podcast of choice that you like listening to true crime? Uh, not really. I can't get into crime podcasts. I've listened to crime junkie every now and then it's that one's probably would be my top one. Good answer. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Connor. Thank you again for hopping on the show with us today. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, they can find me on social media. I actually have my own uh, social media page trying to bring in back home. Right now, it's a bunch for all my experiences through Ag. And once I get done with school, there will be more posts to kind of like what I've learned uh, through school and kind of more stuff like that. But it should be Dominoski underscore farms. I did send that to you too. So you can put that in whatever location that you need to put that in. Yeah, I'll put that down in the show notes. So you guys can find him. Um, and then I'll tag you on our social media posts as well. So it's a little bit easier for folks to find you, but thank you again, Connor, for coming on today. Good luck graduating. Good luck with whatever lies next. And we're excited to hear what comes in your future. So thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, if you're not following us already, go give us a follow over on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube sometimes when the internet cooperates and TikTok as well over at Forward Farming Podcast. I'm over at Cranberry Chats and Becca is over at Becca Hilvey. And thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week.